We're continuing in the series, The Art of Living. We're talking on the subject, truth, 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 truth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord in his house. Worship leaders, I appreciate you, band. God bless you. Today we want to talk on the subject of truth, truth. Everybody shout truth. It has been said that truth hurts. You ever heard that? Truth hurts, truth hurts. But when we look at the cultural landscape, and when we look at the, the context and the condition of many of our relationships, we can add or insert another truth that, that is parallel to that one, that if truth hurts, then lies kill. Truth hurts. Okay, I'm with you. There are some hard truths that we have to receive. There's some hard truths that we have to hear. But even in the light of that, I would rather be hurt than be killed. Anybody in the building with me? The reality is, is that, yes, at times truth will hurt, but lies kill. So let's 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 break down the definition of truth. Here's, here's what truth looks like. Uh, the reality of truth is that it is factuality. Factuality. You have to get to the place in your life where you learn how to deal with facts. Now, facts should never override your faith. They should just inform it. Let me say that again. Facts should never override your faith. Rather, facts should just simply inform it. So truth is, number one, living in factuality. You have to deal with the facts. Even if God changes the facts, we have to deal with the facts that are present. We have to engage in factuality. Now, now this is where it gets a little deeper. Truth is also firmness. Firmness. Because a lot of times... Uh, we want to we want to claim truth or truthfulness, but there is no firmness to it. Truth doesn't change. Truth does not evolve. Truth does not pivot. Truth does not position itself in the most uh, favorable space. Truth is just truth. It's firm. You can stand on truth. You can build marriage on a tr truth. You can build church relationships on truth. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, who am I? Peter says, thou art Christ, son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And upon that truth or upon that rock, I will build my church. That, that word, that word that he speaks of him, kephah, rock, firmness, truth, reality. He says, upon that, I will build something. Let, let me just pause parenthetically and say this. Anything that's built on falsehood will not stand long. You can build that thing on lies if you want to. I promise you it's a house of cards. It's domino standing <laughs> one tip, one irregularity, one text sent to the wrong person, one phone call can destroy everything. 
Now, on the other hand, as we move forward, if it's built on truth, here's, here's something I learned about truth. Truth can survive a lie. Okay, let's, let's walk here for a minute. Truth can survive a lie. Because if the foundation is truth, if the foundation is truth, even if everything has to be torn down and go all the way back to the ground, you'll still be able to make it forward. Because there's truth underneath. So the question is, not just what, what, what happened here, but what lies beneath. I've counseled many couples, and I've, and I, and I've, and I've been able to help several churches through discord and different things that are going on. And we have to ask ourselves, what lies beneath? Did we found this thing on truth? Did we build this thing in, 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 into our next concept, reality? What is real? Not just what is assumed, what is hoped for, or what is desired. What is the reality? We have to learn how to live in reality and even if we want our reality to change, we have to make up in our mind that we acknowledge our present reality. The Bible tells us, speak those things that be not as though they are already, and that's good. And, we, and I believe we should understand that and we should operate in that reality. But if we don't understand what the things really are, we won't have the ability to properly speak what they are not. So we still need to deal with the reality. I believe God is going to heal me. Why do I believe God is going to heal me? Why do I even have a need for healing? Because I'm presently sick. Now I'm believing God for healing and I'm declaring healing and I'm going to move in the direction of healing. But I'm not going to act as if I'm not sick. I'm not going to ignore the sickness because if I ignore the sickness, then I'm living in a false reality. Let me not get ahead of myself. Not only is it reality, but lastly, it is reliability. Truth is reliability. You can rely on the truth. And you cannot rely on a lie. I say you cannot rely on a lie. And so we have to make sure that we are reliable. He says if you're going to operate in truth, if you're going to live in truth, if truth is going to be your modus operandi, you have to make sure that you are reliable. Can you be counted on? Can you be counted on? Are you reliable? When it speaks of truth being reliable, it means that truth is going to be there when you get back. And how many times have we looked for people or we looked for things to be where we left them and they were not? It possibly could have been because there was an absence of truth. Now, the biggest enemy of truth is falsehood or lies. Right. And so we have to deal with with lying. We have to deal with that. We're not going to hang there all day, but we have to deal with lying. We have to talk about that because we need to understand it. Every liar is not just a liar. And every lie is not just a lie. There are nuances to falsehood. You have to know that every lie is not concretized in falsehood. Some lies are projected because of fear. Fear of the truth. Come on, you saw the movie. You want the truth? 
You can't handle the truth. I know what you would say, or I'm assuming what you would say if I said this. So, I lied. Let, let, let's, let's, let's dig into this. Let's dig into this. Let's talk about the artful liar. The artful liar. The artful liar is one who sees nothing wrong in affirming the contrary of what is true when it is expedient for his aims. You have to make sure that we have a firm reality or a firm sense of what is right. Even when what is right is not expedient. Truth is not always expedient. Sometimes truth is very inconvenient. Sometimes truth will mess up your whole weekend. Anybody going to talk to me? Sometimes truth will halt all of the wedding plans. Sometimes truth will stop you from signing the divorce papers. Sometimes truth will stop you from taking the loan. Sometimes truth will hinder the whole signing process. And we were ready to do it, and then the inconvenient truth slipped in. And so there are some of us that we don't, we don't just want to live lies. We don't just want to be a liar, but we're artful with it. And so because we are artful with our lies, we, we, we see nothing wrong with affirming something that is contrary to what is true if it is expedient for the aims. So while I know this is not true, if this is going to help me get to where I need to go. Kind of like, y'all, help, 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 help us brothers. Do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, I love you. Now, that was just expedient for the moment for me to say that. Is everything in the report straight? Yeah, good to go. Now, I can affirm that that's reality. But in order to keep progression moving, we will at times be artful in our lives. The artful liar is not just one that lies for no reason. The artful liar, they justify their lie because of the aim because they want to get things done sometimes we lie not just because we want to lie but because we want to keep the ball rolling but the question is what if the ball is rolling in the wrong direction what if the ball is rolling under false pretense what if everything that we're doing does not align with what's true what if the lie produces? The artful liar justifies the lie if it produces good fruit. For those of you who study law, there is a term in law called poisonous fruit. 
which says that if, if it was started under false pretense, we have to render everything that comes from it immiscible or impermissible because it came from a false place. Something like this. If, if, I can, if I can challenge the credulity of this witness, then I can get all of the things that they testified to stricken from the record because they're messy. Even if they gave some good truth, if they're founded on a lie, and some of us, we're building things, we're building relationships, we're building connections, we're building our lives, and some of us, even ministries, off of artful lies. You ready? Go ahead. It's your time. There are several pastors, hallelujah, y'all pray for me, that don't want to talk to me right now. Several young, aspiring pastors that, that have come and had conversation with me, and, and, and they said, Doc, I think the Lord is calling me to a work. Oh, really? And I know that we live in a day and age that constitutes, they, they told us at, 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 the, at, the, at the, uh, the orientation for my son yesterday, they said, listen, parents, your children don't want all your information. They just want your support. And I said, amen. But what if they want me to support a lie? I know, I know everybody, everybody just support me. Just be here for me. But what if, what if we in a lie house? Nothing that's produced out of this is going to be good because it's done under the auspices of an artful lie. But, but there's, there's, not just, there's not just an artful liar. There's, there's something called the real liar. The, the, real, the real liar. The real liar. The real liar lives in self-deception by simply uh, erasing from his memory everything in his life that is difficult or disagreeable, uh, and a man that whose world engages with him, uh, it, it accepts, he demands that everyone that engages with him accepts the deception as reality. This, now, this is a real liar. Anything in my life that's hard, anything in my life that's difficult, anything in my life that's disagreeable, let's just erase it. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just not deal with it. And if you want to be in my life, you got to erase it and deal with it too. So you got to act like it never happened. You got to act like it don't exist. You got to act like I didn't have this child. You got to act like I didn't hurt you. You got to act like I didn't say what I said. You got to act like it never happened. You got to act like I didn't lie. You got to act like I did not walk in that foolishness and make you accept it. Now, this is when we get to a place in our life when because we do not care to deal with the difficult or disagreeable spaces of our life, we find ourselves in a place that not only are we operating 
in falsehood. But not only, not only that, but now we have brought everybody in our sphere of influence. If you're going to be in this room, you got to ignore this elephant. So you better learn how to... <laughs> and every time they come around, you better put on a fake smile. Hi, good morning. God bless you. How are you? Okay, good to see you. Because I don't want to deal with what's difficult or what's disagreeable. So not only am I in self-deception, but I want everybody that's in my life to live in deception. Which causes things to become problematic because I can't do that if I'm striving to live for truth. This is why you have to be careful when people that you know are living for truth don't just okay your next move. This is why you got to be careful with the people that walk and live in truth when you invite them into a lie and ask them to sit down and eat dinner. They don't automatically grab for their fork. Because they understand that what's on this plate, this is a plate of lies. You want me to act like this meatloaf? This is not meatloaf. This is a lie. We cannot allow ourselves to fall into that real liar place because at that point in time, we don't even entertain truth. The artful liar, they only lie when it's expedient. But the real liar, they have no desire for anything that is truthful because they become more comfortable with the lie. Last, last, last liar we got to talk about is the remorseful liar. The remorseful liar. The remorseful liar does not wish to deceive others. Neither do they wish to cheat themselves, but end up doing so because they are enclosed within themselves, always twisting their gaze back upon themselves. See, sometimes... You're, you're, you're not lying just because you want to lie. Sometimes you're lying because the only thing you see is you. And if the only thing you see is you, and if you don't have a point of reference of reality, then you, then you develop your stance upon what you see. And so this is why you have to get to the place to where you begin to live in humility so that you understand it's not just about you. If you live in family, if you live in community, if you're not Tom Hanks in Castaway with Spalding, you need to understand that every word you say, every decision you make, every step you take, and every vow you break. What you doing? You doing Sting or Biggie and uh, Faith? Or, you know, which one you singing? The reality is your decisions matter to other people. Unless you live on an island, unless you're fully supporting yourself, unless you, unless you have every, all of your faculties in your, in your person, you have to understand that there are things that you will do in life that will cause an effect on others. But many times we cannot live in the truth because we are enclosed within ourselves. And the only thing we look at is us. 
And the only thing we hear is our echo. And the only thing we know is what we've already processed. Find yourself at a place to where you are saying, listen, I know this is where I am. I know this is what I'm going through. I know this is what I'm dealing with, but this cannot be the end all be all. I know this is where I am, but let me, let me find a space. Let me open my eyes. Let me open my ears because what I see may not be what is. Or here it is. What I see may not be all there is. I, 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 ask, I ask people all the time when they, when they come to me and, and they ask me for my advice. And before I give them my advice, I, I generally want to know where their perception is. Because there are sometimes people come at me for advice, but they're, they're, they're really asking me for approbation. There's a difference between the two. Advice is because of my wisdom, because of my insight, because of where I am, because of where I have arrived in God, I'm going to tell you, or, or not just God, it could be in the professional realm, because of my experience, so forth and so on, I'm going to tell you this. Approbation is sign off on where I am and where I'm going. And here's the thing, if you want a sign off, that's good. But just ask for a sign off. Just sign this. Sign this, stamp this, approve. Make sure that when you are seeking advice, hear the advice, because sometimes advice may change direction. And the remorseful liar is the one who goes in a direction that may be contradictory of the truth, but it's only because they had no other point of reference. So you gotta make sure you open yourself up. You gotta make sure you're turning your mind to not just yourself, but ultimately, let's, let's take other people out of the scenario for a minute. What has God said? What, what, has, what has the Spirit revealed to you? What has, what has God told you that, that, that should happen? And then, here it is, how have you handled the truth that God gave you? Because I, much like Abraham, have had to... Help me, Holy Ghost. I have had to go through sorrow because I slept with Hagar. I know y'all saved and y'all ain't never slept with Hagar, but I have. And there may be somebody in here who slept with and didn't know it. Let's talk about it. I heard God say it. And then I use my own means to get it. That's sleeping with Hagar. When you hear the word of the Lord, but then you don't expand your context enough to allow him to do it the way he wants it done, you, in your impatience, you say, okay, God, so let me, let me do it myself. I've drunk of that cup. And it don't hurt until you got to get rid of Ishmael. It don't, it, don't, it don't hurt until you realize that Sarah is, is actually going to have a baby. It, it doesn't happen until you're, you're, you're far along 
and you're walking in what you have developed only to understand that I did this myself. We are going to be a people who are going to live in truth. We're going to live in truth even if it's difficult. We're going to live in truth even if it's hard. We're going to live in truth even if it causes us to shed tears. And it causes us to live in seasons where we feel like nobody cares. Because God actually does. So the first thing that he tells the people of Israel, the prophet Zechariah, he says, the Lord is getting ready to turn things. Now, let me, let me say this, because my wife and I experienced this this morning. I got to prophesy this, that the mistake you made last time, I got to prophesy this. Karen, you, you, you speak it with me. The same mistake that was made last time, if you listen, won't be made this time. Oh my, no, see, somebody, you got to hear this. I, I hear God saying, I'm about to insert a, 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 a space of sobriety and truth so that you don't have to go down the same path that your predecessors went down. I'm excited about that. Now, you, you, you can do whatever you want with that. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that iniquity will not have its way with me. I'm thankful that I will not live in lies, that I will not build my family on lies. I will not build my... Is anybody else beside me can just pause and say, thank you, God, that I don't have to live in... I ain't going to build my business on a lie. I'm not going to build my marriage on a lie. I'm not going to raise my kids in a lie. We're going to do this in truth. Thank you, Jesus. And so, and so he says to them, he says, now we know what the fathers did. And the fathers, they, they incurred the wrath of God. Now, why did the fathers, or how did the fathers incur the wrath of God? Quickly, I'm not going to hang here. The fathers incurred the wrath of God by doing it their way and going contrary to what God said. I hear you, Lord, but this is what I want to do. I hear you, Lord but this is what makes me most comfortable. And if you want to take anything great, you got to take the hard road. Why do you take the hard road? You take the hard road so that you can kill all the enemies before you get to the promise. You see, there, there, there are some of us that, that skip the wilderness and go straight to the promised land and then we're mad when we're drinking milk and honey and giants want to come trying to knock the cup out your hand. Why? Because we didn't kill the giants. We didn't slay the Amalekites and the Jebusites and the Thotacites. We got that later. That's cool. That's cool. We got it. We have to go the hard way. We have to charge up, as the old church would say, the rough side <laughs> of the mountain because it's worth more. Okay? Here it is. The first thing he says, he says, if y'all going to do it right this time, if y'all going to do it right, if you're going to get the blessing that your fathers missed, if you are going to walk the way of the Lord and not the way of yourselves, he says, this is what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to speak the truth to one another. One of the principles of MOJ tells us that we would be honest with our brother, even at the risk of losing the relationship. Here it is. 
if we all sinking, don't tell me it's good. If you see me drowning, don't be like, oh, you're doing a good job. You're lying to me. Don't, don't, don't pacify me. Can I help somebody for a minute? Uh, we have engaged in a generation that has been massively pacified. And we wonder why we see so many gaps. Let's talk about it for a minute. Everybody's seen my teeth. Everybody know I have gaps. I hadn't had a little, couple, of little, couple of little kids say, hey, man, what happened to your tooth? I was like, man, listen. <laughs> no, but here's one thing I can be honest about. My mom is here. I sucked a pacifier until five. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the truth. Yeah, this is the truth. I had a pacifier around my neck on a shoestring. It was the 80s, so, you know. A shoestring. We didn't have one of them clips, the cute clips we have, a shoestring. And it became a comfort to me. And because it was so comfortable, and because it was, it was a way that I functioned, my mother decided to allow me to stay in comfort. I've forgiven her. But she wanted to ensure my comfort. And I would scream and I would holler and I would make a mess of things and I would act a fool if I did not have it. And so in order to keep me comfortable, I, had to, I got to keep my pacifier. But when my teeth came in, mm -hmm, there was a space made for where the pacifier was. I ain't preaching nobody but James Ray Taylor. And now, my image is impeded. Yes, personality can wrap around stuff. You know, we, we can make it work, you know what I mean? We can make it do what it do. I can get my Bishop Jakes on, you know. But here's the principle. When we allow ourselves to be pacified and not live in principle, we will ultimately create gaps in our character. That can never be filled unless we realign the whole thing. And parents, you think you're pacifying them. No, you're lying to them. Oh, you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. No, you about to fail. And I'm not going up there to plead your case. You're going to be a summer school, friend. You might get a pink slip if you keep showing up like that. I'm not clocking in for you. Because that's me pacifying you in your lateness. Do me a solid. Let me, let, me, let, let, me, let, me, let me stay here, cuz. Let me hang out, bro. Come on, sis. We have to find the place to where we are able to live in honesty with one another. Tell the truth to one another. You're not doing me any favors by pacifying me in my mess and allowing me to stay right here. Because what's going to happen is you're going to develop gaps in me. Pacification over pacification creates gaps.
And on the other side of it, we will have to, watch this. We, we pacified them, but then when the damage is done, they're left to deal with it. And because we pacified them, they don't even have a ground to stand on. And so now they're borderline suicidal because we didn't want to deal with their earlier temper tantrum. And so when they were younger, it was just a temper. Now they're on the ledge. Back up off that cliff. Speak the truth to one another. If truth is in you, then you have to speak that. If you can't speak the truth, then you should question whether you should be in their life or not. If you can't be honest with me, why are you here? If I can't be honest with you, why am I here with you? There needs to be truth. If you have relationships in your life that are not founded upon reality, that are not founded upon truth, they are eroding relationships. And ultimately, it will, it will end up at a place where there are only hollow conversations and empty engagements. And we can only talk about sports. And we can only talk about John McCain dying. And we can only talk about this, but we can't talk about you. And you can't talk about me. If I can't speak into your life, then I shouldn't speak to you. Let's, let's, let's just be people outside that don't know one another. Hello? Hello? You don't let them people in your house. Oh, this is Bob. I just met him at the store. Come on in, Bob. Here's my kids. They're their room. Speak the truth to one another. And this speaking here, I'm not going to go deep into the Hebrew, but this speaking here does not just denote talking with our mouth, but it denotes a living of the life. So let's, 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 let's put this in here before we move to the next one. If I can't be my true self around you, I probably shouldn't be around you. Even if you ratchet, I should at least be comfortable enough in your presence to be ratchet around you and know that you probably going to say something about it. And even in that regard, because the love of Christ is in me, I'm not going to get rid of you. I'm going to call you on it and keep on going. Here it is. I've been talking to my wife. We were, in the, we were in the bathroom. We were in the bathroom. And I said, we're just going to be sober. Sober. I love how sober Jesus was. They're dying on, they're, di they're, they're supposedly dying. You know what I mean? Because everybody that's dying, not really dying. Everybody who broke, not really broke. They just don't want to spend that money. They want to spend yours. But that's another sermon. We're not going to get into that right now. Here's another free principle that's not in my notes. Other people's inconsistency is not your emergency. You just got free. God needed you free. You free. Don't go juicing your bank account the next time somebody just can't. They're, they're, they're on the boat. Jesus! Jesus! 
You don't even care about us. We about to die. Jesus gets up as sober as he wants to. Hey, hey, uh, see, be quiet. Peace, be still. While he's sleep, wiping the sleep out of his eye. So tell me again why you ain't got no faith. I'm sleeping downstairs. Yeah, him is downstairs. Here it is. Many times we miss the presence of Jesus because Jesus doesn't want to deal with our struggle. We miss the presence of God because God doesn't want to deal with our struggle. But tell me when was the last time a teacher sat next to you and whispered the answers when you were taking a test? He's at the desk in the front of the class. He's watching every dip and turn of your life. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you die. The Bible says he will not suffer your foot to be moved. I know it's rocking, but it ain't going to move. I know you, but it ain't going to I know you, but it ain't going to move. You will not dash your foot upon the stone. That's what the Bible says. So deal with the dance. Just don't stop. Most of us only want to dance when we hear the music. So he just says, it's going to be all right. Tell people the truth. Live in truth with one another. Speak the truth to one another. That makes sense? Here's the next one. Look at this. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Now, here's where we got to wrangle this in because a lot of us have been granted authority. I have, to, I, have to, I, have to, I have to chastise myself in this all the time because a lot of us, because of the authority we have, we... Hmm. Here, here let's, let's say this. Because of the authority we have, we take liberties that when we were subordinate, broke us. When we were subordinates, we would have preferred it to be done a different way. And we said, when I become the man, I ain't going to do to them what they did to me. And then when we get there and it gets comfortable and we can actually get away with it, we end up rendering judgments that aren't true but that are fit for us. He says, when they get in your gate, because this is what Israel was doing, Israel, Israel when, 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 when trials would come, the judges, what the judges would do, they would make a judgment call that benefited them. And you know, should I or shouldn't I? Well, if they do, it'll be like this for me. So I say no. Or if they do, then it'll be like this for me, so I say yes. He says, render judgments that are true in your gates. Because all of us have the prerogative to say whatever we want to say in our space. Because see, in our space, we don't have to give answer to other people. But if we're in our space, he says, even in your space, render a judgment 
that is true. So ask yourself, whether this benefits me or not, is it right? And not only whether it benefits me or not, is it right, but also, will it make for peace? Now, I know this is, I know this is, I know this is tough because we live in a, you know, come for me generation, don't come for me, and, and everybody got something to say, and, and social media has made everybody think that their opinion is important. See, the reality is there are some scenarios that you shouldn't even form an opinion on unless you have become an authority. Okay. See, this is why when it comes to matters of marriage, single people should shut their mouth. Yeah, I said it. You need to make up in your mind that I'm going to keep my mouth closed until I develop credulity or I develop a grounds for wisdom. This is why certain conversations people have with us, want to have with me with the psyche, I'll say, oh, you know what, mm, mm, hold on. Uh, let, me, uh, let me point you to Keisha Jackson. Let me point you to Adrian Hiller. Let me, let me, let me get you to some people that I, that I think can have, you can have a good conversation with. There are some things that are above my pay grade. And you have to know what spaces you should not speak in and what spaces you should. Because sometimes we will make a situation worse by just chiming in. What expertise do you have in the matter? All of your kids come from the same guy. You don't know that struggle. You try to, well, the blended family, you know, you gotta just, you know. You don't know nothing about no blended family. You telling people that's trying to get their degree. Mm-hmm. You just finish that. Just finish it. Just, just consider yourself. And then finish it. Oh, well, you know, I'm praying for you. That should, you know what? That should be the, just, the, just the patented church response for people. You know, when, you, when, when you're talking about something that you don't know about, you know, just, uh, ooh, listen, I'm going to pray for you. Have you talked to Bishop? I don't, you know. Girl, I'm, you know, I'm praying. I don't, you know, hey. Hey, man, lift it up. I'm lifting it up to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to keep you lifted. It needs to make for peace. Peace simply means a balancing of the scale. If you cannot add something balanced to the conversation, if your opinion or insight is one-sided or narrow, it will not help the scenario. It won't. I, 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 know, you, I know you family. I know, I know you beloved. But ask yourself, Will what I say bring peace? Will what I do, will it bring peace? Let's go to the last one. He gives this last instruction. He says, do not devise evil in your heart against one another. Here it is. We have the capacity to hurt each other. We do. Anybody you allow close to you is, is going to eventually hurt you. This is, this is what the scripture says. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If we're in life together long enough, even if it's just accidental, I'm going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hurt you. 
And you shouldn't spend too much time on that hurt aside from the process of healing. I will have to acknowledge that I hurt you. And we both together will develop a process whereby we heal and we move forward. But here's what we got to deal with in our marriages, in our ministries, in our markets, is when one has determined in their heart they are going to do evil to someone. Now, these are the people I'm afraid of. Because I don't know where your knives are. And this is why I got a gun in my back pocket every time I talk to you. So I'm speaking proverbially. Because I don't trust that what's coming out of your mouth or what you're presenting is going to benefit me. Or at very least that it's the truth. And this is why many of these faux relationships that we see, the moment that opposition comes, everything is severed. Because we're still at arm's length with one another and we're still questioning the heart position of one another. I don't know if you for me or against me. I don't know if you're with me or, or you're not. So as we begin to process through these scriptures and, and through the scripture and begin to process how do we speak truth to one another? How do we judge rightly? And how do we do things that develop peace? And how do we determine that we're not going to devise in our hearts evil against one another? We have to wrestle with the reality, why am I in your life? Why did God join us together? There is no such thing as coincidence. There is no such thing as happenstance. Every step that you take as a man or woman of God has been divinely orchestrated by the, by the God of creation. My grandfather would say it's the providence of God that brought you to this place. And so you have to ask yourself, even though it may be contentious right now, why am I here? And I'm not just talking about in this space, but I'm talking about in the spaces of your life. Why did you birth me into this family? Why did you put these people around me? Why did you allow me to experience the thing that I experienced? Why did I have to carry these weights at such a young age? Why did my life end up where it is? And in that regard, I determined to make a wise decision based on the truth of God. If you say, I don't know the truth, then seek God. Because if you seek God, you will know the truth. And if for some reason you question whether it is the truth or not, verify it in the scripture. And even if you think the scriptures are too antiquated, find somebody that you trust in the faith. And ask them, is this how you see it? Is the, is it does it make sense to you in this regard? And if it does so, embrace the truth, even if it's difficult. The last thing he says, and love, no false oath. Now, the reality is, is that many times we have not allowed a lie to come out of our mouth and we believe ourselves to be very truthful people. But when we embrace that which we have not verified. We could very well be making an oath with what is false. 
you have to know, not just in your mind, but in your heart and in your spirit, according to the will of God, what is right concerning your life. Many of us have aligned ourselves with hell and didn't even know it. Many of us have shaken hands and got into deals, and some of us who, who, who are old enough to say, man, I wish I never signed that. Many of us are, 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 are at the place to where now we've been able to look back at our life and say, you know what, I, I was foolish there. And if I could do it again, I'd make a better decision. Love no false oath. Don't take into consideration simply the present. Take into consideration your destiny. Take into consideration the will of God. Take into consideration wise counsel. Take into consideration the very truth of the scripture. Now is the time for us to live in truth. If we're going to live for God, we have to live in truth. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people around you. If we move in, let's move. Some of us have been in situations far too long. And the truth is we probably never should have been in that in the first place. My God. But because we were comfortable, we've allowed ourselves to stay there. Some of us are under false pretenses of why we were hurt. But now is the time for you to live in truth. I have nothing but scripture and testimony for you. It wasn't until we got the keys and were walking into our new home that we had to fall on our face and repent for what we thought people did to us. We thought people took a house from us. No, we lost our house because we were unprudent. We were imprudent. We were not wise with what we did. I want to give a reprieve to every person in here who feels like they've been hurt by somebody else. Because truth is, for a vast majority of us, we invited the pain. And if they were still in a certain place, we would tolerate the pain. But because now seats have shifted, the pain is too unbearable. But the truth is, the pain doesn't belong to me. The truth is, Jesus said, come unto me. All you who are labored and heavy laden and I will give you indeed rest you've been carrying that for years in a falsehood but you're gonna live free father in the name of Jesus I pray strength over every man and woman boy and girl under the sound of my voice father God I pray a spirit of truth to engulf this house 
everyone aligned to this house. I pray that you allow just a spirit of truth to engulf us. That we would live in truth. That we would be honest people. That we would be integral people. That we will be firm people. That we will be reliable people. Father God, we're going to live in truth. We're going to walk according to your truth. No matter where we are. No matter what we're going through. No matter how <clears throat> uncomfortable it may be. We will walk in truth. We will speak the truth. God, when it comes time for us to give judgments, we're not going to just judge according to how we feel. We're going to judge according to what is right. God, for every, every evil that we've conceived in our heart about another brother, about another sister, God, we repent of it right now. We repent of it right now. We know that that was not you. That was not your word. That was not your will that we feel this way about them. This was not your will that we treat them that way. It was not your will that we be unloving to them. And so we repent of it. And Father, we pray that we will no longer make any oaths with falsehood. But that we will live in truth. And so we pray that we will know your truth. And your truth will make us free. And it is so, in Jesus' name. Amen.